Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. Thank you so much, Chris. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, worship team. I tell you, I love it when the Holy Spirit orchestrates details of the service that weren't absolutely planned by us. And so uh, with what Pastor Levinsky shared and what Chris just shared uh, just now, it's just fun to see how even those moments are tying into with what I'm about to preach right now uh, to you. And so I just love that. Uh, I want to say thank you to Pastor Dan. Uh, He's been an incredible team member, pastor on our staff. Let's express our appreciation to him. This last week, he oversaw the Mills from the Heartland outreach that we did again, where we packed over 40,000 meals. I think you told me there were over 250 people here on Wednesday nights over in Gym 24, packing up meals. That's right, you know, uh, packing the meals. And uh, this was the second time this year that we were able to do that. And I think the tally at this point is over 200,000 meals that we've packed for Mills from the Heartland because of your generosity. And we hope it just continues to grow. And so I want to say thank you to each person that was there. And Pastor Dan, thanks for your leadership over that and uh, for lining all of that up. What a great opportunity for our church to be a part of it. I already celebrated the miracle offering. I just want to say again, thank you, God, uh, for that. And again, it's not too late to jump in. We're confident that God will bring in the balance of that between now and the end of the year. And every one of those projects that we set out to fund at the beginning of the year will be funded to the glory of God. And so again, just want to say uh, thank you for it. I'm so glad that each of you have joined us in person and online today. This week in our calendar generally does a couple of different things for many people. One is it positions us in close proximity to some of our closest family and friends. The second thing that it does is positions our hearts in a place of gratitude, maybe even for just a few hours, but maybe for others for a longer period of time. The third thing that it does for some is it sends them into a shopping frenzy. And so the holiday marked on our calendars this week, Thursday is Thanksgiving and Friday is Thanksgiving. Hey, that one worked. Uh, I believe as followers of Jesus that one of our core values should be gratitude. I believe as followers of Jesus that one of our core values should be gratitude. Thanksgiving should be the posture of our hearts year round. Thanksgiving should be the posture of our hearts year-round. We shouldn't just be thankful for a few days or a few weeks out of the year. It shouldn't take a, a, a holiday on our calendar for us to be thankful. It should just be who we are and what we do. It should just be who we are and what we do. When we think of all that Christ has done for us, how could we not be people who express gratitude towards God? Right? It should just be natural. We should be people who continually express thanks. Chris this morning shared that uh, if we feel distance from God to, to serve, and I just want to say that our proximity and our closeness to God, each of us are as close to God as we want to be. And so if we feel distant from God this morning, I'm just telling you God hasn't moved. Okay, so what do we need to do to draw close to him? So Chris, thanks for those words. And here's the deal. Our proximity or our closeness to God should posture our hearts perpetually towards gratitude. I'm going to say it again. Our proximity or closeness to God should posture our hearts perpetually towards gratitude. I want you to turn in your Bibles with me to Psalm chapter 
100. It's also going to appear on the screen. There are Bibles in the seat baskets in front of you if you want to grab one there or follow along on your digital devices. Psalm chapter 100, we're going to look at that today as well as 1 Thessalonians, but this is what we're going to look at first in Psalm 100. Verse number one, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with what? Gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Give thanks to him Bless his name, for the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much for this opportunity today to come and to worship you. God, we're grateful that these are your words. These aren't my words. These are your words, and these are your people and your church. And so we ask in these next few moments for a demonstration of your spirit's power. As you make your words come alive to your people, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. As we look at Psalm chapter 100, he made us, and we get to serve him with gladness. We come into his presence with singing, we enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. I told a few of the staff members this morning, and then uh, even with the prayer team this morning, I said, guess what? And they said, what? I said, I've come into his presence with singing. I've entered his gates with thanksgiving in my heart and his courts with praise. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I grew up in Memphis. For those of you who are uh, new here, you know, just a little bit. I told uh, Pastor Madison and Pastor Dan, I said, y'all don't even know the stuff that's repressed with inside of me that never makes an appearance. But seriously, when we think of this scripture, what would it look like for all of us to come into his presence with singing, to enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts and his courts with praise? We get to give thanks to God and bless him. He made us and the Lord is good. We praise him and thank him that his steadfast love endures forever and for his faithfulness to all generations. I want to encourage you all to practice something next week when you come to church. I want to encourage you that when you pull into your parking spot next week, not that you would put a mask on, not that you would become fake or that you would be plastic when you come into here with some fakeness on you, but instead with authenticity, that you would set aside everything that's happened in the week before, that you would set aside everything that's happened on the way to church. Maybe you got into a fight, maybe your kids were uh, whatever, and it was just a bad morning. I just want to encourage you to just set all of that stuff aside. And that you would go back to this Psalm 100, when you think about 100, how are you going to remember that 100%, right? We're going to come to church and give 100%, I hope that you, and so now you're going to look back at your, your Bible next week, and you're going to go, Psalm 100, I'm going to give 100%, I'm going to come in with singing, I'm going to come into his presence with singing, I'm going to enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart, and his courts with praise, and I'm just telling you, as we do that, it's going to change our lives. So I want to encourage you to do that. When we live out this race of faith in service to God and in proximity to him, we know and are reminded of his steadfast love that endures forever and that he's been faithful to the previous generations, he's been faithful to us, and he'll be faithful to the future generations. Right, I'm grateful as I get to live out this faith that I look at past generations and see God's faithfulness. 
And as I live it out today, I see God's faithfulness in my own heart. And as we pass it on to the next generation, I know that I'm not passing on an empty, powerless religion to them. I know that instead, that if God's been faithful in the past, he's been faithful in the present, that he will be faithful in the future with future generations. The Apostle Paul wrote 13 letters that are found in the New Testament. And I find it interesting that he starts all of these letters to these different churches with thanksgiving except for one church. It wasn't uncommon to include an expression of thanksgiving in the opening section of these letters. But can you imagine being the one church that Paul didn't give thanks to God for when he wrote a letter to you? All of the others. The audience would have picked up on the subtlety of this. And the one church that he did not write thanks to uh, is the church in Galatia. And so if you read Galatians, you'll see that it doesn't start off with thanks. And it's possible that Paul was so distressed by the behavior of the church that he just couldn't find or think of anything to be thankful for with that. I am so glad that that does not describe our church. I'm so grateful that it doesn't. And the fact that Paul didn't write it in Galatians suggests that he didn't just put thanks in as a formality. He meant it. He was sincere. And so let's look at the words that he used to express gratitude in 1 Thessalonians this morning. If you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Verse number 1 says, Paul, Silvanus, which is also Silas, and Timothy, To the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia, for not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. These men write to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, and they say, grace to you and peace. Grace to you and peace. Grace is unmerited favor of God in rescuing sinners from the wrath to come. We're transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit into the image of Jesus, and we secure an entrance into heaven when we complete our race of faith. And because we've experienced the grace of God, we're no longer enemies of God. Think about that. Before we were followers of Jesus, we were enemies of God. But because we've experienced his grace, we're no longer enemies. We're children of God. And all the blessings of grace and peace come from God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. These men continue in verse number 2. To say we give thanks to God always for all of you. We give thanks to God always for all of you. Now, 
I'm certain that this statement is a little hyperbolific. I find it hard to believe that they would thank God always for all of them. But the heart behind it is in the principle is gratitude towards God. Matthew Henry, one of the greatest Bible commentators, was once attacked by thieves and he was robbed of his purse. That evening he wrote in his diary, let me be thankful first because I was never robbed before. Second, because although they took my purse, they did not take my life. Third, because although they took everything, it was not much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed, not I who robbed. It's an interesting perspective. It's an overflow of a heart of gratitude. You don't get to that moment to write that in your journal without a heart of gratitude already deeply within you. Our lives should overflow with gratitude for the daily graces and love that God lavishes on us. The term thankless Christian is an oxymoron, right? Those two words should never go together. Think back to the days before you were saved. Where would you be today if God had not rescued you from the path to hell that you were on? When we're in proximity to him, then our hearts are postured in a place of gratitude. How many know that the words thank you are so powerful? They are. If you don't know how powerful it is, ask your closest person to you to say thank you to you sometime, and then you'll feel how powerful they are. Right? Or maybe give those words to somebody else and you will experience the power of it. These two words are undervalued and underutilized. When was the last time that you told God thank you? Some of you, the answer to that question may be very, very easy because you have a habit of praying before every meal. And so this morning as you ate your breakfast, you thanked God for the food that you were about to eat. So maybe a different question that I could ask is outside of thanking God for the food that you're eating, when is the last time that you thanked God for something else? In addition to starting their letters off with thanksgiving, Paul wrote to the others about gratitude to God. In other letters, like in the, the book of Ephesians, in the church, to the church in Ephesus, Paul wrote these words, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 20, he says, giving thanks when? Always. Giving thanks for what? Everything. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In a different letter to the church in Philippi, Paul wrote, do not be anxious about anything. That's a good word for us today. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He writes, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. There's this common uh, reoccurrence of thanksgiving. To the Colossians, he wrote, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, 
rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. May it be said about all of us that we are people who are abounding in thanksgiving, right? That we're not grumpy people. But instead, out of the overflow of our hearts, we're abounding in thanksgiving to God and to others. Later in this very letter to the Thessalonians, he wrote in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 16, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. What a difficult thing to live out. I don't know about you. This verse tells us that we are to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. And I'll just tell you that there have been things that I have experienced in life that this has not been my go-to response. Now, I would imagine if you were honest with yourself today that there are things that you've experienced in life that this was not your go-to response to always to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and to give thanks in all circumstances. There are things that happen to us in life that there is no way in the flesh that our response is going to be thanksgiving. But Paul writes, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, and then he continues it with this, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I remembered the story of my cousin Dustin in preparation for uh, this message. When my cousin Dustin was around 20 years old, he went off to Bible college. He was recently married, and after being on the campus for a few weeks, he was diagnosed with leukemia. Recently married, diagnosed with leukemia, and had just moved away to go uh, to college. And so now they moved back to Memphis. They were able, he was able to be treated at St. Jude because of just a miracle uh, deal. And he's fine today, and some of you know him. Our church supports him. He and his family uh, serve in Bangladesh as missionaries. They told him that he would never be able to have kids. He has four biological children, right? But I remember talking to my cousin Dustin when he was going through what he was going through, and, and he just said to me, because of the chemotherapy and the treatments that he was taking, that his joints would just ache. I mean, he had never experienced pain like that before. And he said, in the midst of this, I have thanksgiving in my heart towards God because I have a small glimpse of what Jesus went through for me. Y'all, I don't know that I could have had the same response. But again, a purposeful heart filled with gratitude, no matter what the circumstance, is going to find something to be thankful to God for. Our lives should overflow with gratitude for the daily grace and love that God lavishes on us. The will of God for us is to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. How many know that God knows all of our thoughts? Okay, are you tracking with me? He knows all of our thoughts. But let us not live as people assuming that God knows that we're thankful for him. Let's be people who verbalize it. Let's verbalize it multiple times per day. James writes in James chapter 1 verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from God. Let us be people who regularly express gratitude to God for these good gifts. We come back to this letter in 1 Thessalonians in verse number 2. We give thanks to he, Paul and Silas and Timothy, right? We give thanks to God always 
for all of you. If all of us in community are to live out these words and practice it, it means that we will rejoice always and give thanks to God for all things. So track with me for a minute. If you are the subject of thanksgiving to God for those closest in your life, what do you think that prayer or that letter would look like? For Paul, this, this letter focused on their positive attributes. And some of you would say, well, of course, those closest to me would focus on my positive attributes because I'm amazing. Why else would they focus on anything else? Some friends of ours were at our house this week, and they said this quote. They said, if I were you, I would want to be me too. And I said, wow, that's cool. Where did that come from? And they said, it's a Megan Trainer song. So some of you are like, of course they would focus on my positive attributes because I'm amazing. But sincerely, there are some of you that if, if those closest to you were writing a letter, they would rejoice on the positive attributes and they would show gratitude to God because you have been a blessing in their lives. But for others, the letter of prayer might be different. It might sound something like this. God, I don't want to rejoice in all things, but since it's your will... Thank you for giving me breath in my lungs for one more day. Thank you for opening up this door at this job for me to provide for my family. Thank you for that incredibly difficult person that I have to work with to force me to continually lean to you. Maybe for others, your prayer would sound something like this. God, thank you for the laws of our land and the criminal justice system to inspire me not to murder my children who are being disrespectful and disobedient at this time. That hit a nerve. The list could go on and on of difficult people that we have to deal with, whether they're family or friends or coworkers. But I know that if those closest to me are giving thanks to God for me, I want it to be because of the things in my life that is a blessing to theirs. Right? I don't want people having to find things to be thankful for uh, because of pain or hurt that I've caused to them, and they're just looking for something. There were several reasons highlighted why Paul was grateful to God for the, the, people, the Thessalonians. And in verse number three, he says, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith. Remembering before our God and Father your work of faith. In the commentary opening up 1 Thessalonians, there's this example in there. It says, faith without works is dead and leads nowhere. There was once a Scotsman who rowed people across a river. On one oar he had carved the word faith, and on the other oar he had carved the word works. One day as he was rowing, one of the passengers noticed the carving and asked them about them. The Scotsman did not reply, but pulled in the oar-marked works and started to row with only one oar. The boat went round and round in circles. He then pulled in the oar-marked faith and started to row only with the works oar, and the boat again went round in circles. This time it was going in the opposite direction. He then rowed with both oars and reached the other bank safely. And before his passengers got off the boat, he said, a Christian must row his life using both oars, faith and works. Only then will he reach heaven's shore. True faith influences the heart and life so that we obey God and we serve others. In the midst of persecution, the church was fearlessly preaching the gospel. That's the context of this letter. So he thanks God for their work of faith and secondly, their labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. The Thessalonians were demonstrating their love for God and for their neighbors practically serving them. And he thanked God in the midst of everything that they had steadfast hope in Jesus. What a statement. 
That should describe all of us, that we should have steadfast hope in Jesus, that no matter what we go through, we continually have steadfast hope in him and have hearts of thanksgiving, knowing that whatever we face, that God is good and he will bring good from it. So the writers of this passage, this letter, express gratitudes, gratitude that the words they preached to this church didn't fall on unrepentant, disinterested ears. Instead, in verse number five, it says that our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. They heard the message of the gospel, and because of the power of the Holy Spirit, their hearts were transformed. And so for everyone who's a follower of Jesus this morning, there are a number of reasons why we can be grateful to God for our salvation. And one reason why we can be thankful is because he would send his only son to give us life for salvation, for our salvation. That he gave his only son that we would have life and salvation. The second thing is that he would send someone to share the gospel with us. All of us who are followers of Jesus here today are followers of Jesus because at some point, at some time, somebody presented the gospel. And so maybe for you it was through a radio broadcast or a television broadcast. Maybe it was somebody who watched a service online somewhere of somebody. Or you came into a church service where the gospel was presented, an opportunity was given for you to respond to the gospel, and you did. But at some point, all of us who are followers of Jesus, somehow, some way, somebody presented the gospel to us. And so as followers of Jesus, we can be grateful to God that he would send someone to share the gospel with us. It's another reason why we focus on different countries every single week and we pray for them is because God told us that the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would raise up more workers for the harvest field and we look at slides like we looked at today and to see the number of people who've never one time heard the name of Jesus, it should inspire us to go or to sin. The third thing is that God would open our hearts to be receptive to the gospel. That he would open our hearts to be receptive to the gospel. The message wasn't just preached by these three men in power, it was received by the church, and they in turn became imitators of Saul, excuse me, Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Paul, Silas, and Timothy made disciples who made disciples, and can I just tell you that as a church, that's our goal, that we would make disciples who make disciples, that we would continually be multiplying ourselves so that those who are far from Jesus would come to know him. And so it's not just the pastor's jobs to make disciples. Instead, it's all of our jobs as the saints to do the work of the ministry and to make disciples. And so it's encouraging as we read this passage and we see the impact that Paul and Silas and Timothy had initially at the church, and then they had to leave. And even from a distance, the work of God's still working in their hearts. And so all of us need to be a part of the discipleship process in others. These men thank God not only that they were that they not only were anointed by the Holy Spirit, but that the Holy Spirit had anointed the other believers to share the gospel as well. In verse number six and seven, it says, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The gospel that was preached wasn't come to God and you'll never face anything difficult again. Instead, you have these men who have suffered greatly and they're sharing the gospel, and, uh, and, and they encouraged and invited the Thessalonians to take up their cross and to follow Jesus. They became imitators of Paul and Silas and Timothy in suffering. Their decision to follow Jesus was met with persecution, but they were steadfast in their hope in Jesus. 
This church had such a powerful work of God done in it that people around them were hearing of what was happening in, uh, to the church in Thessalonica. And in verse number eight, it says, for not only was the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us to the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Nothing was gonna cause them to turn back to their old life. They had tasted the new life from Christ and they were grateful to experience and grateful to share that experience with others. These men give us an example of two ways to express gratitude. The first way is by expressing gratitude to God. I would propose to you that we should be expressing gratitude to God daily. And so I would encourage you to find a moment in your day. Set a reminder, set a time, whatever it is, whatever you need to do to, uh, to remember and to remind yourself to take a moment out of your day to thank God. Do you know that when we practice it, we'll find even more things to be thankful for? We tend to see the things that we're fixated on. And so if you weren't looking for things to be thankful to God for before, I'm telling you, when you start looking for those things now, then you'll see it. How many know that you can walk into a house and it can be super clean? But if you look for dust, you're gonna find it. And then when you start looking for more dust, you're gonna find it even in a clean house. Another simple illustration is when you get a different vehicle, whether it's new to you or whether it's brand new, and then you're like, oh, everybody has the same car I do. It's the same color. Right? It's because you weren't looking for those things before, but now you're looking for them. I promise you that the moment that you start fixating on gratitude, you'll discover more and more to be grateful for. These men thanked God, and they also thanked God for those around them. In an indirect way, they thanked these people through this letter, but when it comes to those closest to us, to those we work with, to those we live with, study with, play sports with, those who serve us or teach us, have we been generous with expressing gratitude? Who are three people this week that you can give a sincere thank you to? As you practice this exercise, you'll find even more and more opportunities to give thanks. You'll start seeing the positive things in others that you didn't even know were there. Think about this, we receive what we reward. We receive what we reward. So there are some of you who have some difficult friendships or relationships. And what would it look like rather than highlighting every flaw of that individual that you were to find the one thing or a thing in their life that you could praise and as you reward that, then you'll receive that. And I'm just telling you, there might be somebody who's like, what just happened? Right? If you've been super critical of people and now all of a sudden you say something nice to somebody and you say thank you to them, like somebody's gonna be like, what just happened? Like, is everything okay here? I'm not, I don't, this is the first time I'm feeling this feeling. What is this? The words thank you are powerful when they're given and when they're received. Let's be a community filled with grateful people grateful to God, and grateful for others. And so this Thanksgiving week and beyond, let's not let gratitude be hidden in our lives, but let's set it ablaze and let's let the world see it. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. Maybe there are some of you who've come in today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. 
you've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior, and you say, today I want to enter into a relationship with him. Maybe there are others of you who at one time walked with God, but you've turned your back on him. And you say, today I need to see my relationship restored back to him. In just a moment, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, you say, I need to ask Jesus to come into my life for the very first time. Or you say, I need to see my relationship restored back to him. Why don't you slip up your hands all across this room? One, two, three, lift them up all across this room. Thank you, I see that hand, you can put it down. Are there others this morning? Thank you, God. Let's stand all across this room. There was at least one hand that went up this morning of somebody who needs to ask Jesus to come into their life for the very first time or who needs to see their relationship restored back to him. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer and if that's you, I want you to repeat it after me and mean it with everything that's within you. But know that you won't be praying this prayer alone but that each of us in support of you will also be praying. Let's pray. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I messed up. And this morning I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior. Be my king. Take over every area. Take over every aspect. And help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God praise for what he's done this morning. If you prayed that prayer in person today or online, I would ask that you would text the word yes to 319-250-8998. Text the word yes to 319-250-8998. We want to encourage you along in the decision that you've made today in the journey that God's going to take you on. In just a moment, the prayer team is going to come forward. The worship team is going to lead us in another song. We leave time at the end of our service so that if anybody has come here today with any kind of prayer request, that you can come forward and receive prayer for it. So again, worship team is about to lead us in a song. And as they do, I would encourage you to step out of your seat. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the example that we see with the Thessalonians that Paul and Silas and Timothy would say that in all things, at all times, to give thanks and to see a church that was living that out. God, I'm grateful that if they were writing this letter to our church, that they would write of a very similar story, the positive attributes, the things that because of the power of your Holy Spirit that you're doing in the lives of the men and women and children here at our church. And so God, this morning, it would, we would mess up if we talked about thanksgiving and we didn't close our time right now by expressing thanks to you for what you've done. And so God, as you look across this room this morning, you see men and women who at one time were far from you. But because somebody presented the gospel to them and because you opened their hearts and they believed, now they're followers of you. And so God, I thank you that for many in the room today that their old life is gone and the new life has come. God, I'm grateful that this isn't just something that they believe is just for them, but instead they believe it's for everybody. And so many of them have been talking to their friends and their neighbors and their families, and they've been telling others of what you've done in their lives. And God, I pray that as we continue to do that, that others would be hungry for more of you. 
that we would continually make disciples who make disciples, that all of us would be a part of that. And God, I'm grateful and I'm thankful for everyone who's been part of that through men's small groups and sisterhood small groups and regular small groups and grief share and other opportunities where people have been able to make disciples. And God, I just pray that that would continue to multiply in our church. God, we're thankful that you've not only anointed the pastoral staff here at our church to preach the gospel, but you have also anointed the believers to share the message. And God, we celebrate and rejoice that inside these walls and outside of these walls, your Holy Spirit is moving, that you're empowering your church to make a difference. And we'll continue to give you the thanks for it in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.